Hello, everyone. Bruce Stephen Holmes for Timeless Voyager. Today's guest is author Susanne Chapel. Reflections on a Near Universe, which is a study and theoretic presentation of quantum concepts, metaphysical concepts, and perceptions based on Nikola Tesla's theories and her paper, Biocosmological Electromagnetic Gal Interactions, a PDF that is available to anyone. I promise that you don't need a PhD to understand what Suzanne is going to be talking about. She says that it brings the scientific community to a breakthrough understanding of expanding the mind and the ability to use the gray matter we all have up here. So today we're going to investigate some of these theories from her book and her paper. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me, Bruce. Wonderful Uh, opportunity. Yeah. Um, Biocosmological electromagnetic gal interactions. What does that mean? (laughs) Right. Well, we all know what cosmology is in the study of the stars and the universe. And biocosmological cosmology is the idea and concept that all biological beings are part of the interaction of the cosmology of the universe. And uh, the gal interactions was to indicate that this is happening on a galaxy level, even though it seems as though we don't understand it day to day, but it does affect us all. So, so the gal is short for galaxy. Yes. For some reason, (laughs) I should have thought of that, but I didn't, uh, I didn't. Um, You talk about, um, Christopher Knight and Robert Lomas, they have a yes. book called Uriel's Machine. Very and, interesting. And talks about how we all may come from a single woman's mitochondria. Um, let's, uh, let's get into it. Okay. Great. Well, uh, yeah, that book really changed my thinking to, to grasp the understanding of the idea that the mitochondria passes down from woman to woman. It only passes through the matriarchal line. And that 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 type of cell is actually some part of our being that helps our DNA to solidify or deepen within the matrix of the mitochondria. And that different things that we can do, such as meditation and um, uh, sound therapies and exercise even, can help that uh, the matrix of the mitochondria to what they call deepen. This actually, to my understanding, allows a higher part of our mind or a super consciousness part of our mind to come forward. It's interesting, and uh, so I guess you specifically said that this is only passed through a woman to the family, but do men, in other words, a child is is a, a male, the male does not have anything to do with that, only the females? 
Well, the males receive it. They receive the D, the same DNA um, presenting in their mothers, but they can't pass it on. Oh, it I see. Pass yeah. it on. It's only yeah, the, so the female is the only one that passes on this mitochondria, and that yeah. mitochondria does changes or doesn't change? To my understanding, it doesn't change. So it's the same mitochondria all through the line, the lineage, or from the very beginning of the very first female. Is that what you're saying? I don't. Well, that's what that's what uh, uh, Lomas and Knight are saying, and they they're like NASA scientists. They these guys know what they're talking about. So the bottom line is that we're talking about the idea that there is a lineage right from, I'm going to call it day one, or human yeah. human day one, mm -hmm. that has that been running, yeah, it has been running women right up to today, and the men are left out. <laughs> well, you know, like I've said to people for a long time, everything that is born is born of the female of the species. It leaves that that to that understanding that it is the female that carries carries that most important aspect of the human race actually developing and continuing. Okay, so now maybe I, you certainly know this, but I don't. Okay, what exactly is the mitochondria, and what is it carrying? Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna refer to my paper, which sure. is right here. Uh, so um, the mitochondria has four main sections: the outer membrane, the inner membrane, intermembrane, the inner membrane, and the matrix. Um, essentially, they abundantly reproduce DNA up to a billion times coding sequence, notwithstanding neutrinos, that indicate functional domains, rare introns, and glue that tells the DNA to create a certain function. These functions relate to the body's ability to conserve and administer and convert energy from the matrix. Okay, now before you go farther, uh, can you distill that into language for an ordinary Thank you. person? Sure. Um, essentially, it's it's always creating some some kind of um, domain functions within within the mitochondria itself. The matrix is the gray stuff all in between, right? So essentially, I think the most important part is what we call the matrix because that is where some changes can occur in the sense of uh, creating a, a an extremely high level of learning this is the part of this is the part that gray part in the middle that it, that can be affected and can deepen our being and and i believe it actually helps enhance the evolution of the soul. I can't quite prove that, but, but I believe that that is the aspect that can be affected. And how we affect it is by conscious 
developmental work. Hmm. By conscious meaning, you're activating your mind to think. You're so you mentioned, you mentioned meditation, for example. Yes. Um, yes. How, how do you see meditation as creating this change? Okay. Well, when one meditates, you're using your mind and your breath. And sometimes your body is doing certain things too. That coordination, that development of what I call the ki or the chi or the prana in the body actually helps the matrix to deepen into your mitochondria and allows more things to become more permanent in your brain. They talk about neurotransmitters and creating that line that allows it to, the body to remember things more easily and create a habit, so to speak, that matrix can be affected by, by meditating, by sound wave, continual works with that. Yes, it really works. And, and then when you exercise on top of that, that goes deeper into the body because the body feels it more. Let's, underline and understand the, the term matrix because right. you use it a lot and i think that maybe we need to get that straight once and for all well it's it's a substance that's inside the mitochondria they call it the matrix okay. and it's interesting to me because we've all seen the movie and the concept of that movie it's not right. it's not the same thing at all but um what it brings to mind is that we can affect our lives and our our environment by focus focused attention. Now, would I be jumping too far if I said you can also affect the lineage from your point of view forward, so your children and your yes. children's children? So a person, for example, not to be stuck on meditation, but let's say meditation, uh, different exercises, uh, things like that, pranayama, are are changing the mitochondria from that day forward for the next group in yes. your lineage. Yes. Okay. Now, now, just... And also, okay. No, I was just going right. to talk about also being able to um, resilient to diseases and things like that. Yeah. So now, what is what I'm having a problem with at this moment? Not a problem, but just putting this all together. So we have this tree with billions of branches growing from the first day. Um, this is I'm make, obviously making a little metaphor here. Um, so they're they're all changing according to the lineage connected by the women the yeah. female side but all women do not necessarily have the same matrix is that the right way of saying it that is true and there is a mystery in this as well i because Certain lines of DNA 
carry a certain frequency, for lack of a better word, that um, I'm going to go out on a limb with, with my belief in this, but I believe that there's a certain uh, frequency or spark in some people's DNA, women's DNA, that um, attracts a higher spirit, like a higher level of understanding of the spirit. It comes more easily to some people than it does to others. And um, I can't quite explain what that, why it is that way, but it is something I've observed. So I guess the idea that I originally had from what you were telling me has changed a little bit. That is that, that there is uh, growth uh, and it's the growth in, let's say, the direct lineage versus all of them. So there is yeah. change going on with the mitochondria, yeah. depending on what the, uh, what would I call the mother of this uh, lineage does. So that's what changes things, is that focused attention. Right. And, it's, and, it, and it's a physiological, emotional, and psycho. Oh, sorry, the dogs. Uh, yeah, it's it's emotional and psychological, and it's physical at the same time, and spiritual too. If the further you go, I mean, I've studied uh, martial arts since year two thousand, and studied with several different masters, and and uh, you know, once you you start doing that standing meditation. And you're just breathing, and you think it's nothing's happening, but then a few weeks down the road, you can feel your body's getting stronger. And then once you actually feel the chi running through your body, it's like an electric charge. Hmm. I mean, if you know, it really, anybody who's experienced it knows that it's real. It happens to everybody that does that focus meditation, does the work. And then it changes your DNA, or not your DNA, the matrix in the mitochondria by that. Yeah. And then now, uh, is there any is there any information that that you would know, or I don't know how to how to say this, but can that get lost as we're going through the different generations? Does it need to be constantly updated, or or? Yeah. You know where I'm going with this. Yeah, well, like essentially the basic DNA line gets passed down. But if you do nothing with it or you are in a situation that where you're very oppressed and uh, you just have no means of development or developing it, it will, I won't say degenerate because I'm not certain of that, but it's not going to get any better and you're not going to get any stronger or deeper. By, by not doing that. And there are um, things that degenerate the the cognitive ability. And, you know, we're just talking about uh, you know, pollution, drug use, um, you know, emotional depression, that kind of thing. People get so captured by the concepts of DNA. Um, and it, I don't know how this is related to DNA. How the, maybe that's a good question. Where is the mitochondria in relation to DNA? Well, I'm not a DNA specialist, but I'm okay. 
I, I'm more um, what I was when I put it into my paper. I was trying to to tell people that this is one of the most important aspects of the body is the mitochondria because it allows for and helps develop higher consciousness. Okay, and, and that's yeah. good. I, mean, I understand that now, and I mean, I, I want to stay with that, but I just went off on a tangent for a second. Let's go, let's go on to the next thing that I wanted to ask you about, because you have so much in this paper. Let's, let's not get too far off on it. Let's talk about the bending and the warping of space, because I think that's important, and it was obviously important because you talk about it in, in uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the particular one. Yeah. Yeah, well, this this concept came to me um, one night, um, and I just really just started to just focus on it and try to realize what is happening there. And what I came to understand is that that um, gravity slows down when it's in the presence of matter. We've seen the diagrams of the Earth with the curved space, and um, I mean, I'd seen that before, but it hadn't occurred to me until I started thinking about writing this paper that it was actually slowing things down that the matter of the earth, for example, is slowing down the grab waves and the space-time around it. So it's actually, everything's moving slower because it has more density because of the grab waves interacting with the magnetic core of the earth. The, the electrons and the protons are attracted to each other. There is valence electrons in that too, but essentially what's happening is everything is condensing and and um, it's literally slowing slowing everything down. And it slows time down too, I believe. Is so right? so if, if time is slowing down, we won't know it. No, of course we wouldn't know it. We'd only know it if we rode in space. We won't recognize it. No, we probably wouldn't unless you were traveling in space where time moves faster. Right. According to my understanding, right? Because, because anytime you have a large, large uh, matter field with a large gravity field, everything is moving slower than it would normally. Yeah, let me explain that a little bit. Uh, dark energy is inactivated space-time matter. In that field, everything's moving rather quickly. And once the once um, the space is traveling, and originally there was a big bang, and then boom, all that force moved all that matter. And that that force field is still running. It's still fl- flowing through the universe. And when it comes into contact with matter, it gloms onto it, parts, particles glom onto it, creating more matter, which then slows things down, slows the grav field, creates a grav field, slows the energy, slows the field, and then other things get attracted to it. But essentially, when it slows down, time slows down too. That's my understanding. 
So now, was that happening on the Earth, or was that happening somewhere else besides the Earth? Everywhere where there is matter, that is happening. So, large bodies of of matter. Okay, so it's a regular occurrence that's going on. Yes. In the universe, so to speak. Yes. Um, it, it stands to reason to me when we when when. <sighs> When matter accumulates gravity, things are attracted to it, right? And it warps the space around it so that other things can come to it more easily. That's the simplest way I can I can express it. Well, let's talk a little bit then about entanglement, because that's an interesting concept that I don't think, I think a lot of people hear that. And it's one of those things that kind of goes by. But um, recently I began studying the term and I found out a lot about entanglement that I didn't know before. What is your understanding of entanglement? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, uh, everything is interconnected. It's the first statement with all of that. Entanglement means I can have a thought and I can think that thought, even without saying it, Somebody's going to feel the ripple effect of that thought. And even the Buddhists say like, they have a different punishment for people who think bad thoughts. Not even do, the, do not even speak it, not even do the action, but thinking it causes a reaction. That's entanglement. We are all interconnected in that way, whether we, we understand it or not. Um, so... Um, and has something to do with cosmic or collective consciousness in the sense of when somebody does some, a really good thing, then all of a sudden other people are doing really good things. And, and for example, my book, when I first started my book and researching for my book in year 2000, year 2001, it came from a concept of water of, of light coming through water and I'm wondering well, how is that affecting the water what's going on with the water the light's got to be affecting it and a few years later um, Dr. Emoto came out with his with his work he was working on his work at the same time that I was working on my work and uh, a collective consciousness and I met other people other uh, researchers and scientists who say the same kind of thing, that they were working on a similar uh, concept at that same time. Mm. So in that regard, entanglement is the fact that all things affect all things. We're all biological creatures. You know, it's so, interesting that you, that you bring that up because um, I'm... I'm in the process of reading the Brahma Sutras these days, which is sounds silly. <laughs> Not to me, no. It's, it's, that's it's, a good kind of reading. <laughs> yeah, and it actually, well, so, but the interesting thing about uh, reading this, the, the Brahma Sutras is that the concept is that there's one mind. That's not the only concept in there, but there's one mind. One consciousness, one mind. They're not the same thing, but the yeah. point is, one mind means that we may not like this 
what I'm going to say, but all the thoughts that you think you're having that are your private thoughts are not. <laughs> Everybody is having the thoughts. Um, that doesn't mean everybody's having the same thoughts at the same time, mm-hmm. but it does mean that your thoughts are not just yours. Which is interesting because the biggest the biggest and silliest of all of the experiments that, that brings us into focus, of course, is that double slit experiment. Mm-hmm. Where they're trying, they're trying to figure out like how how do the photons know what's going on, and that question is just an example of asking the question of or ignoring, for example, the fact that the photons know what they're doing. It sounds weird. Yes, it it is it is is, and as a researcher, I mean, I was blown away. I'm doing research. I go my my digital microscopes and my microscopes. I'm studying water. And I'm trying to get a focus on what I'm seeing. And the particles are moving around very quickly. And I'm like, I want to see you. And it stops and stayed still for me to be able to see it. That particle knew I wanted to see it. And it was very obvious to me. And this, I've heard other researchers say the same kind of thing. It's responding to yeah. your thought and your need and and it, it, it's reacting to that well i just i wanted to speak a little bit to what you said that about there the thoughts are not our thoughts okay and it's that's not entirely true i mean okay. we all have we all have an egoic consciousness and and a persona that allows us to relate to other people but when we are dealing with our higher consciousness, a lot of those things are coming from that super consciousness that is the universe, so to speak. Some people call it God. Some people call it other things. We, you know, It's just a terminology that we use to try to understand what it is and conceptualize it so that we can, we can grasp it. But when this happens to us, when we get that spark or that frequency that that jolts us to a higher understanding, then we are in communication with it in a deeper way. And more of this type of thoughts and consciousness comes to us. Right. Um, so there's, there's a separateness, but the, it's the ego is the separator. And we need that, too, because we can't all be high meditators. You know, we can't all be that. But everything is evolving. All of us are evolving all the time. What did you mean by the term spooky energy? Actually, that was Einstein. Einstein. Well, I didn't mean. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was was from him. He called it spooky energy at a distance. For what a strange thing for a man like that to, to call in, in uh, entanglement. But that was what he was talking about. He didn't. He was trying to, I guess, express that he thought it was really weird that they could they could have an interaction in, in a scientific experiment and then way far away the same experiment the particles were experiencing what the first experiment was experiencing. 
You have this uh, concept in your book, the Tesla Arduino, is that how you say it, radiational apparatus? Yeah, yeah. That was a very early concept that I had um, based on Tesla's work that I believe would allow us to um, have intergalactic travel. Hmm. I mean, I know it's a big concept, but um, it really does stand to reason if you if you read his work and recognize that um, anytime you have a spinning vortex, magnetic vortex, in, in two two or more opposing fields, you are creating a sinkhole of magnetic field. I actually have built uh, two of them, two machines that that do um, have spinning magnetic plates that creates a vortex. And um, so far, what I've been using it for is to uh, clean water, clear water, damaged water. Hmm. Um, the concept works because the balance electrons from the metals or air particles in the water get pulled away. So it it basically removes the things that are in the water, and then it gets restructured through um, my um, cycles, which are uh, basically a um, sacred geometric waveform field that runs a cymatic wave through it, and um, that restructures the water. So at that point, that. I have studied it. I've tested it. I know it works. Um, the idea where I was coming from was the Merkaba field. Are you familiar with that? It what that is, right? Well, I'm, yeah, I'm familiar right. with the idea. Yes. Yeah, the idea, the concept of it. So I was just taking it into a bit. But for, of, but for the people who are listening, for the people that are watching or listening, let's talk a little bit about the Merkaba. Yes. Okay. So essentially, the Merkaba field is a type of meditation that one creates a tetrahedron uh, around one's body. A tetrahedron, two of them actually, to begin. Um, so a tetrahedron is basically a large triangular shape, right? And then you have one that's facing up, and then you have one that's facing down. And your body's in the middle of these things. And one of them's moving this way, and one of them's moving this way, forward and backward at the same time. That's that's pretty difficult to do meditatively. But if you can manage to do that, you'll get the idea. And then there, there's further ones that have ones going this way, and then ones going this way, and that way it, it's it can go on and on but <clears throat> essentially it changes something in your aura it changes something in your mind and it creates a protective field around you that's what i understand so i thought maybe we can create it artificially an arduino uh for those who don't know is a type of programming that you can program with with a little uh is a little machine that attaches to your computer that you can write code and it will just tell it to loop 
whatever it is you're you're ordering. This is the Tesla Arduino. Right. Yeah, so that was I was working with Arduino at the time that I wrote the the paper. So I thought, oh, well, just program just program it to run, and it will run a loop. You don't have to keep telling it to work. Um, <clears throat> but I don't write code. I haven't I haven't studied that. It's too it's too linear for me. <laughs> I, just, I don't think that I, I'd have to really push myself to get that. But, but anyway, um, many times I've heard this term singularity. Maybe you could explain that to the people that are watching and listening. Yeah. Thank you for asking that question. Um, a singularity is, is each and every one of us. We're all singularities because of our ego and our personal experiences. And also a singularity is an, a, uh, an entity that is contained. And yet there's part of our consciousness there. There's a past, there's a future. Uh, in some dimensions, is my understanding, one can grasp and visualize and maybe even feel or speak to your future self or your past self, past lives. And all of that evolution is how I put it, your entirety. So as you evolve, you get more energy. Thoughts are energy. They cannot be created or destroyed since thoughts are energy. And when you have an emotional experience, that energy stays in your aura and never goes away. If it's a trauma, it's there until you deal with it. And there are ways of doing that. And what I'm describing here is your consciousness is a singularity, but is also an entirety because we can go anywhere with our thoughts. We can do anything in our mind and create it to come back to us. So we can be both and we are both at the same time. Did that make any sense to you? I hope it did. It made, it made sense, yes. yes. Good. Uh, well, and, and you said it very well. You said the uh, I am all of us. Yes. That's right, because we're all interconnected. You have this position that you take, which is called the continual now position. And right. you talk about the Mobius strip. And I can show that. Would you like to comment on that? Well, we're always in the now. and But time is always moving forward for us. And um, it was kind of, for me, what I was describing is what I saw when I, I kind of reached into another dimension, which I believe was a time dimension. And it was like this, there was a line... My head was above it, and I could see the Meobis moving along, and it was like time was unfolding like a banana peel unfolds. And 
I was beginning to see that that process is like a river and, but you could actually change direction or go into different directions if you want to. Um, so even though we're in now all the time, we're always moving forward in time. Um, but, that is, but that's because we, not, I, I love, maybe I'll make it, make it, isn't that because we perceive time as, as a direction? Yes, that is, that is correct. Um, and, but it's, it's also like, like a ripple. So if you, if you drop a penny or something or a rock into the water, ripples happen. But if you turn that ripple on its side, okay, then you can see time from a different perspective. It's moving around you. Hmm. And um, so the idea of a straight line is very, very simple and not very. Yeah, it's, uh, it's too simple. It's, but this is but that, that ripple is a, is a beautiful example of the fact that it is, uh, well, at least let's say if it's not three-dimensional, it's definitely two-dimensional where the line is only one-dimensional. Right. And so that's when I got into Schrodinger's continual continuity probability equation with the T time Cartesian coordinates. And but that's a, and that's really trying to break it down into small linear parts so that we can get a greater understanding of it. And it, it is theoretical, the, that work, but I do believe that it's very important for us to conceptualize it. It's not a straight line. It's a river, and it's expanding around us. So, so what, 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 what do you say, then, about the concept of... of uh of past, present, and future, because from my point of view, okay, even though I might talk about it, my experience is that there was a past, a present, and a future, even though personally, I believe that there's only an eternal now. I don't have that experience, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, as a person that... Uh, I, I've been lucky enough to study with some of my elders, um, Métis, and I've had a I had a Hopi elder <clears throat> teacher one time, and she helped me understand about past lives as in a visualizations like a spider web, and you're in the center, and all of these. Things on the web, there'd be little blotches or points of light. And again, we're like, you know, the ripple and sideways, but essentially, it showed me a way to move into those experiences that are being still held in, in your, your consciousness and in your aura. And these things then can be affected by, well, you see the experience, and then you're given an opportunity to forgive someone or to ask forgiveness. And, you know, as I, as I was learning how to do this, I would realize that 
when the person forgave somebody, that blotch would go away. I wouldn't see it anymore. So I knew for a fact that that what I was seeing was real. There was an emotional response from the person. There was a I saw the I saw the spider web. I saw the blotch removed. The energy was gone that that person had been holding on to. Hmm. And so for me, that really showed that this is a real, it's not just a concept, but it's a means for us to, to um, A, heal ourselves, and B, that we can, we can see that, we, that this was us in another life. And there is a past, and there is a future. Even though we know it, the now is always happening, those things are still affecting us. I'm still working on the future concept. How can my future self affect me now? That's that's a big question. But um, I do believe the more I stay in touch with that super consciousness of the universe, the more that is going to in some way affect me. Bring that future consciousness, that higher level person into being more. I hope that answered part of your question, at least. It did. It did. Tell me a little bit about the number 144 and your letter and your name. In some letter? Way. Sorry again. Well, you said your letter is Samic and your name oh. is in some realms. What, what were you talking about? Ooh, <laughs> okay. Thanks for asking that question. Samik is a is a Hebrew letter. It refers to the highest consciousness of the feminine divine, and um, it, it refers to is very similar to uh, Hereliu is a is a Greek word that refers to the male and female coming together, um, but essentially bringing one to wholeness. And um, 144 is a sacred number, relates to the sacred geometry, and also biblical impressions of what God wanted to do and how that mathematics breaks down. God wanted to create or did create a, a sacred geometric platform for us so that we can we can be whole and it's not just about being nice it's about being whole not fragmented and so that's what that's what all that refers to that one the 144 is a it's a formula it's a mathematical formula and a sacred geometric formula which can allow us a uh, a depth of understanding and a higher consciousness, again, again, I keep coming back to that. But that's what it actually does for us. For example, um, when I made these coils, I, uh, after studying um, Rodin, I adapted his work, and I give him credit for coming up with the 12-point waveform, because he did. But again, it's a derivative of 144. And then it's the same thing with Tesla's work. 
you have to have a mathematical formula. If you have a hundred wrappings, you have to have a derivative of 10. If you use 144 wrappings, you want a, a derivative of 12 for your secondary. They correlate to each other. They interact with each other. They affect all biologicals, whether you're, you know, a four-legged or a, a finned one or a tall standing people or a two-legged, affects everyone because we're made from the same building blocks that's based on the, the phi ratio, which boils down to the mathematics of 144. I know that it sounds like I'm just jumping around, but you had so much to talk about today. I, 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 I know feel- there's there's a lot, and some of the things I'm more is more for uh, forward in my mind than you know. I wrote this book, this or book. I wrote the book published in 2007, and the paper I wrote in 2012. Well, you know, it was. I know that this was. Um, I'm not going to use the word. Well, I'm going to use the word difficult. <laughs> it was a difficult interview in the fact that that your material is so deep. But I felt like, how else are people going to find out about it if we don't discuss it? It's yeah. not easy to discuss this stuff, but I do appreciate the fact that you were willing to come on the program and give it a shot. And you did, a, I think, a great job at you know explaining yeah. some of these concepts that are you know, when they're when they're written down, you know, it's difficult when you read, but it's nice to to have an author explain things and to talk a little bit around a sentence. And I and I appreciate that. And I'm sure that that the uh, listeners and, and the people who are watching appreciate that. Do you have anything that you might like to say to kind of wrap up this particular mm-hmm. interview today? Right. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, what's going on for me currently is, is, um, uh, and I talk a little bit about it in the Terra Garden initiative, and I'm looking at, um, well, wanting to create a global movement in the regard of taking care of our water. That I think is, uh, and you know, in, in terms of also my inventions that uh, help plants grow and clear water up, etc. Along those lines, I think that right now that this is the most important thing. I mean, there's a lot of bad things going on in the world, but that doesn't mean we should just forget about the fact that uh, our waters are full of uh, nuclear waste and and. And um, the the uh, Wi-Fi is getting too strong, and it's harming the environment. So I think that um, I'm challenging other researchers and inventors to help come up with with uh, things that help the Earth, as I have, and um, and and just really put pressure. Uh, in the right places so that people understand that this is this is our focus we need to stay on focus and because we only have one earth and we want to we want to make sure that it's there for our grandkids and so i'm doing a uh, a, 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 just doing another another water study 
which um, then I'll be taking uh, heavily radiated waters and uh, running it through my machine uh, to see uh, how how well it works. It's not just a question. I've done it before, but I want to get some really, really bad, <laughs> heavily radiated water, which I haven't been able to get access to. I've been trying for a couple of years, but that's my focus now because I believe I have a device that that would clear it up without too much difficulty. And I know that there's nobody, nobody that has anything like that anywhere. I've looked for it. And right now what they're doing is they're just dumping that nuclear waste into the ocean. Mm. So that's not a good solution. And um, and also looking towards utilizing the, the concept of these spinning magnetic vortex fields um, to create uh, levitation and other kinds of things, moving towards uh, um, that intergalactic travel, which is always in the back of my mind. So, All right. Very, very interesting. Thank you so much for being on the program today. Thank you. Thank you. Having you again. And uh, for the rest of you, let me say this. I want to thank you for listening to Timeless Voyager. I really do appreciate your watching and listening to the series on both video and audio players. Uh, One thing that you can do for me as the founder and creator of Timeless Voyager is to hit that like button. Um, Please also consider subscribing and commenting, too. Uh, Comments are very important. It really helps keep me on the air so that I can keep producing and uh, bringing to you content like the program you just watched on a regular basis. Uh, Subscribing and liking and commenting are free. I know that sounds silly sometimes, but there's no obligation. And those very small actions on your part are greatly appreciated. My name is Bruce Stephen Holmes, and I hope that your own personal voyage through life towards the development of your highest potential is a joyous and successful one.
sister planets too